Jesus has gathered his disciples, as you know. And John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 uh, give the description of Thursday evening when Jesus was with his disciples, Lord's Supper, the, or Passover meal as they called it, of course, and all the events that took place up until his rest. And so he was telling them so much in John chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 about what's going to happen and just telling them how much he loved them and cared for them and ministered to them. And one topic he said, though, a thought he put out there was, I'm doing this for your own good. Now, many of us have probably heard that term, I'm doing this for your own good. If you think of that term in your mind, what comes to your mind when somebody said, I'm doing this for your own good? Anybody got? Getting a spanking, switching. Yeah. Dis- yeah, going to hurt me worse than does you. Discipline, switching, spanking. Yeah, punishment. Uh, you know, we, we hear that term a lot or have heard it from parents probably. Uh, but Jesus said it too, and we're going to look at what he said and why he meant this and, and what it means to us today. So John chapter 16, we pick up in verse 5. Jesus is still meeting with the disciples there uh, in the room, and he says, Now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. So he's been telling them for days and weeks, and especially this evening on Thursday evening with the Passover meal that I'm, I'm leaving uh, I'm going to be crucified, handed over to the ruling body of the Sanhedrin and all this. And it's just getting them ready. And he says it one more time right here very clearly. I'm telling you uh, I'm going and you're filled with grief. You're, you're sad about it. And he understood that. And we would feel the same way. We would be sad because we're sitting there with Jesus for the last time, knowing what's going to happen. And we've been with him three and a half years as his follower. And now all of a sudden he says, I'm leaving and uh, here's what's going to take place, we'd be sad too. We've been with him three and a half years, so we're going to be sad over it also, just what they were. They're filled with grief. But i tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going away. So there's the term he put out there that we know about in our life in a different sense. But he said, I'm just telling you the truth. It's for your own good that I'm going away. So unless I go away, the counselor will not come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So he's saying, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not just running off and getting rid of you, or you're not getting rid of me. If I don't leave, I can't send you the counselor. And so he said, it's for your own good that I go. If I can't, if I don't go, I can't send him to you. So he's saying it's for your own good. What does the word good mean in this verse? It means beneficial. It's beneficial for you that I go away. It's advantageous for you that I go away. It's better off for you that I go away. It's profitable to you if I go away. It's going to bring you together if I go away. So he said it's for your own good, and that's what he's meaning when he said that. Well, the departure of Jesus was necessary, even though it's painful for the, and difficult for the disciples. He could not send the Holy Spirit, as he's going to say in a moment. He could not send the counselor. He could not send the one who's going to help them, to bring them together, or the one who's going to be beneficial to them. And so it's very painful to be in the room with Jesus and hear this news, I'm going away. It's very painful and it's very difficult for them to hear this, as it would for us. But his departure was going to be good for them. It's going to be beneficial to them. It's going to be advantageous. It's going to bring them together, even though they couldn't see it at the moment. And so many times in our life, God will tell us something in his word. This is what you need to do. This is what's going to be good for you. This is what's right for you. This is what my command is for you. And it's for your own good that you do this. But sometimes we can't see it, can we? 
we go through a situation, we get involved in a situation, we have something come up in our life, and at that moment, we don't see the good in it. We don't see the benefit of it. We don't see the, the greatness of it. We don't see how we're going to be better off for going through what I'm going through right now because it's very painful to us, very hurtful to us, very much suffering to us sometimes. And when Jesus says, for your own good, what, really, Jesus, are you sure? You know how I'm hurting right now? You know how I'm suffering right now? You know why I don't like what I'm going through right now? And you're saying this is for my own good? <laughs> really? And we don't see it at the moment, do we? But he did see it, and he says, here's what's going to happen. He said, without his departure, which included, as we saw in the videos, death, his burial, didn't see in the video of the resurrection and ascension, there would be no gospel. Gospel is the good news. The gospel is the good news of Jesus that came into the world to pay for our sins, to be the sacrifice for our sins, set us free from sin, and to make the atonement for us, the atonement being that he restores the broken relationship between us and God. Without Jesus, we have a broken relationship with him. But he restored that. He brought it back together. He redeemed us. He paid for our ransom. He, we were kidnapped by the world and sin and Satan. And he paid the ransom for us and he atoned for us. The broken relationships brought back together between us and God through his death on the cross. And I put it in parentheses. You see the word atonement at the top. Look at it at the bottom. At one We become at one with Christ, with God, through Christ through the atonement of what he did on the cross. And so he said, it's for your own good. If we don't, if he doesn't do this, atonement doesn't happen. But not only that, Holy Spirit doesn't happen either. And so atonement for sins was necessary for Jesus to rescue us from our sins. He, and that's what he did. He rescued us. He set us free. He, he bought us back. He redeemed us. So his departure and his death, yes, is necessary, was necessary. And so it didn't seem like it was a good thing to them then. And so we go through some things in our life today that it doesn't seem like a good thing for us today either. But by going through those things, God is bringing us closer to him. He's atoning for us. The broken relationship between him and us is restored as a result of things we go through. So who is he going to send the counselor? Counselor, simply another word, is comforter. Um, The one who comforts us in our troubles is the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And there's so many times in our life we need to be comforted. You know, whether it's right now, last night, later on tonight, tomorrow, next week, whatever it may be, we need to be comforted by somebody. And sometimes we don't have anybody around us that can comfort us, that will comfort us. But the Holy Spirit can because he's going to be living in us. He's our helper. We need help not only just sometimes but all the time, and he's there to help us. He's our legal advocate, Uh, somebody who stands before the judge and pleads our case. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside of us. Uh, we get out on the battlefield sometime in, in life uh, fighting the spiritual battle that we go through. And we get injured. We get hurt. We get upset. We get distraught. We get suffering on a, going on in our life. Somebody has to come alongside us, help us up, encourage us, keep us moving. Come on, you can do this. You can get through this. I'm right here with you. I'm going to help you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the mediator. He's the one mediating between us and God. He's talking to God, the Father. God the Father's talking to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's talking to us. And so in other words, bottom line, the word counselor means the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who applies the atonement to us when we repent of our sins and place our faith in Christ. And so when he was talking about, let's go back to it up here. Um, so when he was saying, but I tell you the truth is for you good that I go away. And the less I go away, the counselor 
will not come. This Holy Spirit will not come. This helper, this comforter, this legal advocate, mediator, Holy Spirit will not come. And so you need him because he's going to be the one who brings the atonement into your life, this making it right, bringing the relationship between you and God back together. It's him that's doing it, the Holy Spirit that's doing it. So when he comes, he said, as he moves on in the verse, when he comes, when the counselor comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. Um, notice the word convict. We use that word in our language a lot today, conviction. You know, we've said the term, well, I was under conviction. Or we say they were under conviction or they are under conviction. What does this word convict? He will convict, bring us under conviction. What does it mean? To convince us of our sins, rebuke us of our sins, shame us for our sins, and expose our sins to the truth. Sometimes we have to be convinced that we're a sinner before we can repent of our sins. Because if we're not convinced this is a sin, what are we going to do? Stay right in there with it. Uh, for years and years and years, I was involved in so much different sins that somebody had to finally convince me, hey, this is sin that you're doing because I wasn't convinced till I had to be convinced. Who did that? Holy Spirit. Nobody else. You know, have you ever talked to people about where they are in their life and they're not in a good place in their life? And you've talked and you've talked and you pleaded and you begged and, you, you know, it's midnight, it's 1 a.m., it's 4 in the afternoon, whatever it might be. And you're just talking to them about where they are in their life, what they're doing in their life. They're not listening to you and they're not, you're not getting anywhere. That's right, because it's the Holy Spirit that does convincing. We don't. Sure, we plant the seeds. We tell them about the Scripture. We talk to them about the Lord and we give them what they need. But only the Holy Spirit can bring conviction. We can't. We try to sometimes. We want to grab people up, you know, and grab and shake them and, you know, I'm going to convince you yet. But only the Holy Spirit can do that. We just plant the seeds. So the Holy Spirit convicts us. I mean, he convicts, convinces us this is sin. And until he convinces us it's sin, we're going to say, oh, I don't have sin in my life. I'm doing what I want to do. But not only does he convince us of our sins, he rebukes us for our sins. He says, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is not in the will of God. What you're doing is outside of the will of God. It's against Scripture. However he says it, it's the Holy Spirit doing that. Sure, people are saying it. People are using Scripture. But until the Holy Spirit says us, we're not going to be rebuked for our sins by somebody else. We're going to, when somebody else, has anybody ever said to you that something you're doing wrong in your life, and they told you you're doing wrong in this area of your life, and you got mad about it? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. We got rebuked for our sins and we got mad at them. But when the Holy Spirit does it, when He convicts us and rebukes us for our sins, we come under conviction. We say, mm, yeah, <laughs> you're right, Holy Spirit. You're right. That, Yeah, I am doing wrong. You're correct as you rebuke me for it. So you see how that works? We can tell somebody about their sins, rebuke them for it, and they get mad at us. They walk away or we can walk away or have an argument or whatever it is. But when the Holy Spirit does it, He's convicting us, He's convincing us and rebuking us, and we're listening. But He also shames us for our sins. You know, maybe you've done that to somebody too. How could you do such a thing? I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you went that. You know, we, we want to shame people sometimes for what to do. Sometimes parents will do that with children. 
Sometimes wives do it with husbands, and husbands do it with wives, and whoever. But when the Holy Spirit does it, we're convicted. And we're shamed of our sins. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I went there. I can't, you know, all that. So we have that understanding because the Holy Spirit doing the work. But then He also exposes our sins to the truth. He brings our sins and exposes it to the truth. And we see it for ourselves. That's exactly right. <laughs> I don't need to be there. I don't need to be, you know. I, I, mm, yeah. And we begin to realize where we are in our life. That's conviction. And that's only what the Holy Spirit can do. Sure, we can talk about it. We can say all these things to people. And we can try to convince and convict and, and change and rebuke and shame them and all that. And they're going to get mad or walk away or whatever. But when the Holy Spirit does it, <laughs> there's going to be a change there. He's the one who does the convicting, not us. Sure, we can teach, we can preach, we can show, we can use an example, we can read Scripture, however we do it. Sure, we do that with planting seeds, but only He, the Holy Spirit, can do the convicting. So, let's back up, start back over here. When He comes, Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment, because the prince of this world stands condemned, now stands condemned. And so it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do all of this. He will convict the world in, in, of guilt in regard to sin and what is righteousness and what is judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not, not believe in me. And about righteousness, he's going to convict us in righteousness. Uh, in regard to judgment, he's going to be the one who judges because he's the one who judges the prince of this world, Satan. And so that's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's doing. And he, Jesus said, I've got much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I got, I could go on and on all night, he's, he's saying, but you can't take any more, can you, disciples? He, he said, I've, I've said all I can say uh, because you're tired, you're weary. I've said so much tonight and over the last three and a half years. And so he said, got more than you can bear. But when he... Here we go again. The Spirit of Truth, the Counselor of the Holy Spirit. When He comes, He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. And so all through this, um, these scriptures here in verse six, chapter 16, notice Jesus is calling the Holy Spirit He, not an it. So many times we hear people say it, you know, referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not an it. Because if we're using the word it, we'd be saying about Jesus, well, Jesus, it came, you know, he, he, it walked into the work room and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so you wouldn't say that. But that's why it's the third part of the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit's a He. Jesus referred to Him as He, and we should also do that. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. So when the Holy Spirit begins to convict us and convince us and change us and move into us, He's going to be our guide. He's going to be the one that says, now, you don't need to be going over here and doing that. You don't need to be going this way and doing that. You need to be coming this way and doing this. He's guiding us throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our month, throughout our year, throughout our lifetime once we receive Him to come and live in us. He will guide you into all truth. He won't lie to us. He won't lead us into lies. He says, here's the truth. Follow the truth. The truth is going to guide you. I'm going to be your helper, your mediator, stand beside you, come alongside you. He, the Holy Spirit, will not speak on his own. Holy Spirit's not going to make up something and say, hey, go do this. He, the Holy Spirit, will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So I wonder, 
Who's the Holy Spirit listening to? God the Father. Okay. I was thinking somebody might say that. He will bring all glory to me by making from what it, taking from what is mine, making it known to you. So anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to us, anytime we say, have you heard people say, the Holy Spirit told me to, and they fill in the blank. The Holy Spirit said, and they fill in the blank. If what that person says does not glorify Jesus, the Holy Spirit didn't say it. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do is always going to do that, always going to bring glory to the name of Jesus. If it doesn't, the Holy Spirit didn't say that. So I've I've dealt with so many times in so many people's lives. Well, the Holy Spirit said, really? Jesus is getting the glory for this? Well, no, but... And so here we go. And we bring that but in there. So He, the Holy Spirit, will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine, making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I've said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit says, I want to make everything known to you that's been made known to Jesus that comes from the Father. And therefore, Jesus is going to get the glory and you're going to get be guided into all things in your life that are always going to please Him and glorify Him and satisfy the redemption in your life. He said in a little while, You'll see me no more. He's just getting them ready one last time. He said, it won't be long now. You know, Friday's, Sunday's coming. Friday is here and all that we saw in the video. Friday's coming. And uh, he said, you're not going to see me anymore. But, hold on. (laughs) Then after a little while, you will see me. So he's just getting them ready, being prepared. In a little bit, you won't see me anymore. But then in a little while, you will. It's kind of like us, you know, we, we leave our house during the day or leave to go to work or something and tell somebody we love, well, I'll see you later, I'll be back later or something like that. And sure enough, we come back later and there we are. Well, Jesus said the same thing. I'll see you later. Uh, he wasn't from the South, so he didn't use that term. I'll see you later. He just said, in a little while, you'll see me no more. Then after a little while, you will see me. Same thing as us saying, see you later. Well, He's simply saying, me personally walking back into the room, it's the Holy Spirit that's replacing him because he's saying, in a little while, none of you ask where you're going because of these things filled with grief. But tell you the truth, it's for you good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the counselor will not come, but I'll send him. And so in a little while, you won't see me, but later on, you will see me. So when we see Jesus today through the active work of the Holy Spirit, when we see the active work of the Holy Spirit, Today, we see Jesus. We see Jesus' work through the active work of the Holy Spirit. And so that's how we see Jesus. So when you see Jesus actively working, when you see the Holy Spirit actively working in a person's life, there's Jesus. When you see the Holy Spirit actively working in things around you, you know, at work, at home, at school, whatever it may be, that's Jesus. When you see Him actively working in in our country, around the things and going on in, in the life of our country and society, that's Jesus. And so we do see Him, just like He said we would. In a little while you see me no more, but after a while you will see me. That's Jesus at work today through the work of the Holy Spirit, living in people like us and in those around the world that we see where He's working. Uh, we start tonight as we're going to go through several weeks of who is this Holy Spirit? What is He doing? 
you know, how do we recognize him and, and how do we honor him and how do we please him and, and just do some looking at the Holy Spirit because so much what Jesus was doing on the night he was arrested especially was saying, get ready, the Holy Spirit's coming. And after that, here's what's going to be different about you and about the world. And so he's getting them ready and getting us ready uh, as we're looking at 